Hey everyone, I'm Jordy, the Bible School and Tech Director here, and welcome or welcome back to Impact Life Church's online experience. After the message, please take a moment to like or subscribe, but most importantly, we hope that this message inspires you to impact this generation for Jesus. All right, well, we're doing something a little different tonight. I'm going to ask anyone who's sharing on our panel tonight to come on up and grab a seat. We've got some really good stories tonight of people who have basically punched those Christian killers in the face, if we're going to go along with the theme of this video. Um, we're excited. I'm going to introduce these guys to you in just a moment. Terry's coming up. Oh, we're going to be here. All right, I'll take a little seat here as well. Um, and for those of you wondering where Pastor Joel is, he's actually um, preaching in Vancouver this weekend uh, for a pastor friend of ours that was in a jam and said, please fly out for 24 hours and, and um, bring us a word. So we love that church and we're glad to be able to support them. And you know what? He left you in good hands because look at these lovely people. Hey, they are wonderful. So, um, in case I haven't met you yet, I um, hope I may meet you by the end of the night. My name is Jamie, and I am Joel's wife. So, we pastor this church together, and um, I'm, I think I'm going to let these lovely people introduce themselves. What we're going to do is they each have seven minutes, and we're actually holding them to the timer, which is not mean of us. We just want you guys to get home tonight, because these guys could probably each preach an hour. They've got a lot to say, a lot of wisdom in this group. But I'm going to get them to each introduce themselves when it's their turn. Um, and you know what? I will... Oh, we actually have two mics. Um, if you don't mind grabbing the other one, I'll pass this along. Um, we might comment here and there on some of the stories that they share. If not, we'll just move on to the next person. Does that sound good? So let me just introduce this super quick before we go any further. Looking at... Everyone say Christian killers. Did that say wrong? To, did that feel wrong to say? a little different. But basically, the reason we're doing this series is because God has promised us abundant life. Has he not? John 10.10 says that the thief comes to do what? To steal, kill, destroy. And it's Jesus talking. Jesus says, but I came to bring life to the full till it overflows. Now you can um, jump up and amen to that verse, but you might also be thinking, okay, I don't always feel that in my life or see it in my life, the thing is, it's not automatic, that, that life to the full till it overflows. Um, the Word also tells us to guard our hearts, right? And there are these things, and we're, and we're calling them Christian killers this month, that would love to attach themselves to your heart, would love to just seep into your heart, and they're very sly, they're sneaky, right? Um, something like offense doesn't just announce itself with these bright red lights, right? Saying, I'm here to harden your heart. Right? These things, they sneak in, and so we're told to guard our hearts against them. And so that's what this month is going to be about. And tonight, each one of these is going to share on one of the Christian killers. Are you ready? All right. Well, where's that other mic? Okay, I'm going to pass this one on. Thank you. Excellent. Mr. Donovan Mercer, I'm going to start with you tonight. Lovely. Excellent. So tell us a little bit about yourself, and then you can get sharing on your story. Uh, a little bit about, is this included in the seven minutes? <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, no, I grew up in the church. Um, I actually grew up in a Pentecostal church for anybody who's Pentecostal here or was. Um, and yeah, I have a beautiful wife and three kids. And I also, part of what I'm talking about tonight is a little bit because I actually was divorced. Or actually, I guess 
M, but now remarried. Um, so yeah, that's what I kind of want to talk about uh, in that end, and yeah. And how long have you been here at Impact Life Church, and what brought you here? The Holy Spirit brought me here, actually. Uh, I had always grown up in the church, and one day, actually, I was at a different church um, heading up uh, and being part of leading men and starting small groups of men, and it was going actually really well. And the Lord actually spoke to me and said, I need you to go somewhere else now. And it was very difficult, very hard for me. Um, but I also knew that, okay, Lord, I was in my comfort zone, and I have to take that step of faith. And so we came here two years ago, just over two years ago, on January 1st, so 2017. And we've loved it ever since. Good, le good leaders. Are you going to give me another minute, too, on my time? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now it's timed. Okay. So I uh, am going to talk to you a little bit about words of your mouth. Um, a lot of people will use cliche scriptures and whatnot to bring that forward, and also unthankfulness. Uh, I found this to be a huge Christian killer in my own personal life. Uh, and if you do have your Bibles, I just want to go to Proverbs chapter 19, verses 2 and 3. It says, Desire without knowledge is not good and to be over hasty is to sin and miss the mark the foolishness of man subverts his way or you could say the foolishness of man ruins his affairs then his heart is resentful and it frets against the Lord so you might think these are kind of weird or uncommon scriptures that come to mind when you're thinking of well okay I just need to speak positive I need to speak the Word of God very simple um, what we don't realize is we actually get into the cliche of the world. And this is what happened to me. Uh, once, when I was going through my divorce, I found things that I became self-righteous, where it was 100% right in the world's way of doing things, how justice should be and how I perceive things. The world was all agreeing, yes, Donovan, this is right, this is right, this is right. And so I actually began to speak that. I actually began to believe what I will call my own lie. And you might be able to reference with that, is that, yeah, it seems right. Everyone is agreeing with this. This must be okay. And I would even to the point become like a Pharisee, where I would take the word and say, look, this scripture lines up with this. Meaning, while there's a whole bunch of other scriptures that don't. We know what happened to when, Sa when Satan challenged uh, Jesus. Jesus always said, but... The Word of God also says this. So you can twist the Word of God and think that you're actually declaring the Word when in fact you're actually killing your own self. You're killing your families. You're killing your, your prosperity and how you speak about your finances. If you always say you have a crappy job, guess what? You're always going to have a crappy job. You know, thank God you have a job. Thank God that there's money coming in. Thank God that you have bread to eat. Thank God for the small things that you think might be maybe insignificant. Oh, I don't have the newest truck, or I don't have the newest house, and so on and so forth. You know what? God wants to work on your seeds just as they're planted. You don't get the big wheat sheaf right away. Start with that seed. Allow God to water it. Allow Him to work on that and begin to speak positiveness over your life, over your kids, over your marriage, and see that go forward. How much time? Because I've I, I got to break now into my climax here. Four minutes. Okay. So, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, rather than reading it, I'm just going to speak it forward. When it says to trust in the Lord 
with your heart, lean not on your own understanding, in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Matthew 6.33, when it talks about um, seek the kingdom of God first and his righteousness, and everything else will be added unto you. Notice what those scriptures do. It's not about you. It never was the whole purpose of, you know, glorifying yourself and making yourself self-righteous. And where I'm going with this is when I got divorced, I had that thing going through my mind about my ex-wife. And I couldn't figure out why I could never get along. Well, because I wanted her to come in alignment with what I was dealing with. This is how I see it. And when I actually um, was going through that, the Lord would occasionally, you know, be speaking to me about things and I'd always put it off because this is right. This is what's lining up. And when I got remarried, um, my beautiful, wonderful, and caring wife continually told me that I have to love, I have to love her, and we together were going to love on her. And that's what we made it. We were going to do this, and it wasn't easy. We went to court trials. We went to different things. And I mean, when you get a tongue lashing from a Supreme Court judge, it's not nice, okay? It hurts, and it, and it takes you to the core. And I noticed that in that, the words of my mouth and my unthankfulness towards my ex-wife, whether or not she was wrong or not, that was, that was not relevant. I know Jesus. I need to start representing him. And I need to start speaking life over her. Right? She's not going to change by me speaking condemnation and speaking down to her about things she's done. That's not right. And so, long story short, um, just the other day... Um, <clears throat> My current wife received a text from my ex-wife. And she told her how much she had loved her being in the kid's life. And how she appreciated how she was as a mom to those kids. <laughs> and although it may seem like a far road yet to, to seeing her come back to the Lord, I see it as a step in the right direction of how getting rid of that unthankfulness and those negative words towards her and building her up and watching how God moves in her life because you just took away the ground from the enemy. And I am so thankful to see that because I do have lots to be thankful for. Three beautiful kids that serve Jesus. They love Jesus with all their hearts. My daughter, when she was eight, got water baptized. And she says, Dad, when is the next time that I can get, like, I want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I mean, we're still believing that for her. And we pray for her. And I just want to let you know, when you, when you think that you're doing the right thing, there should always be the voice of the Lord that speaks to you. His word that speaks to you, and it should align. There won't be any division. Don't listen to your peace. Listen to his peace. Thank you, Donovan. That was awesome. Very honest. And you know what? As you were speaking, your beautiful wife um, arrived probably from work, and that's Shelby. Um, and I encourage you, um, I hope that also after the service you meet some of these people because if you are, wherever you're at in your Christian walk, um, I think you can find someone here that's, that's been there or that is going there and um, just want to encourage us to like, especially in this living room setting, really get together. So, um, Pastor Sheila, I guess we're, we're just going to go this way. Um, this is Pastor Sheila Glover. 
who has been here since before I was born. <laughs> Just kidding. But she can tell a little bit about her and her um, and her family and how you got here, and then I'll start timing you. Well, I'm very old. <laughs> Apparently. This is my husband here, Lawrence, and we have been in the church since the beginning, raised our kids. My daughter, Erin, over here, my son isn't here, he'll be here tomorrow, and we have one grandchild. And I work, I've worked in a variety of areas in the church, and now I work in the pastoral department, kind of behind the scenes, um, caring for families. And that's probably my favorite. Um, place that I have been. Each time I was in a spot, I think it was my favorite, but this is my favorite. <laughs> it's my, I really do enjoy it because people need to connect and do well in all areas of their life, and that's what we try to provide. So you can't just come on a Sunday and smile and walk out the door and fall apart and not have anybody notice or anybody care. And that's what we aim to try and facilitate. Mm -hmm. Is that? That's really good. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Thank you for who you are. Well, you ready? You bet. Christian killer. So what I thought. <laughs> not you, not you. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought I would share um, for me would be a journey with my children. I have a, a real spot in my heart for parents. And I, in August, I, I wrote it down, in August of 1998, on my front step on a real sunny day, the Lord said to me, because I knew I was supposed to work at the church and I hadn't taken that position because I was thinking to myself, my husband worked away, and if I went ahead and worked outside the home, that there would be no one there for my kids. Not really mattered to me. I grew up in a single parent home for a while. And I really, that was a very big deal and a priority to me, but I knew God had asked me to work in the church. And so I kept delaying and delaying and delaying. And on that front step that morning, he said to me, you go do what I asked you to do. It just makes me emotional. Um, I'm glad you cried first. <laughs> it makes me feel so safe. <laughs> so he said, you go do what I asked you to do and I'll take care of your kids. And so there's a scripture that actually states that, and I want to read that to you because this has been my basis for, for walking out this truth with my children. The righteous man, this is in Proverbs 20, verse 7, the righteous man walks in his integrity, and, he's, and the righteous man walks in his integrity, and blessed and happy and fortunate and enviable are his children after him. Now that's the amplified, but I'm taking each one of those words, each yeah. one of those words for my kids. So, okay, so I'm, I've, since 1999, then I started January 4th of 1999, and um, fast forward that then to when my eldest child became a teenager, driver's license, um, can get into the bar, can get, buy his own alcohol, was hanging around with friends and, and they started to party and stuff. And that, you know, that's one, one part of being a parent is having to deal with that in, 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 in growing up with your kids, is watching them get involved in things. But what really bothered me, and, I, and I've thought about this now, what was the big deal? Like, why was I so afraid? It was fear 
and it was worry. And why was it? Is because I never wanted my kids to ever not follow their faith. Because I grew up not knowing God until I got older, and I wanted to have that Christian home. I wanted to have that chance to, to do that. And I wanted my grandkids in church. And you know, every parent in this room would testify, you just want to grow old with your kids loving Jesus. So when I began to see him take different steps, I thought to myself, well, this is not what I want. This is not what I planned. And I just would wake up in the night. And why is it three in the morning? Why is it three? But it's always three. And you're, you're fighting your own battle. And I felt alone. And I had to deal with pride because I was a leader in the church. And then I would think, well, what are people going to think? Well, how stupid, but you, you do think that way, right? And so I thought, well, I don't really care. And I just have a couple things that stick out in my mind. Um, a, cu a couple things that stick out in my mind because I had to deal with the pride and I had to get real, real with myself. And I had to do the word. Yes. You know, Pastor right. Joel, he teaches, okay, <laughs> sing or praise or whatever and we're like yeah pastor Joel, it's so good i see that in the scripture i know that's true and yes amen and then something goes you go home and something happens and you're hit with a crisis and you're like oh my god <laughs> and all of a sudden everything that you amend has flown from your brain and so at three in the morning i had to learn how to praise how to be thankful how to use his word and you know Lawrence he was never bothered he said he's fine he's fine I don't know why I worried worry doesn't make any sense fear's not rational and Lawrence would be snoring away and I'd be like where where is he and I snore too but <laughs> not, just, not just you but I thought here he is sleeping and where where's my child what what's going on and so I had to begin to I got out of bed and I would praise and I would worship and I would use this scripture and I had to constantly cast it on God. So that's one aspect. And the other aspect is I told somebody. And it's very, very important that you don't pretend. I'm not saying you walk in the room and you say, guess what? My life's, you know, hell. <laughs> because everybody will have a piece of advice. But don't do life alone. Yes. Get a friend to pray with you, stand with you, so that they can say, you know, this is, this is real, but you're going to make it, and I agree with your scripture, and I love you, and I kept my kids in church. It's just a, just a thing we did at home, and I never said, well, you have to go to church or God won't love you. I just, we just, Lawrence led our home, and we were just always in church. When he got home from where, working away, we went to church. It's what, yeah. it's what the Glovers do. We go to church. And you don't expect your kids to run up to the front of the church and throw their hands in the air and worship God if you're not willing to. You lead the way. And so we brought them to church. And I'll, I'll just kind of tell you this one funny story. There was one morning that Adam came home. And I'm about ready to go for church. And, and, and he knows he has to be home. And he's walking across the green with disheveled hair and clothes and he's he knows he's got to be on time and I'm getting in the car and I said get in buddy we're going to church and uh, he got to church and this is there's a really cool two 
parts to this because we came and people, they could tell. I mean, anybody with half a brain knows what's going on. You know, sometimes stuff is happening in your midst, but they never said, oh. They just embraced him. And later he told me how very important that was. But they hugged him and they embraced him and they loved him and they talked to him. And then one guy that that I knew fairly well walked up to me and said, Man, your kid smells like spiced rum. And I thought, oh, that's... and then I thought, I walked away and I thought, who knows, who knows what spiced rum smells like? like that, should, that should be a concern, shouldn't it? <laughs> but anyway, that was, that was my story and that was what I wanted to share. And if you are struggling, you're not alone. And kids will make it. And we stick together as a community. And life can be real and find a friend. Thank you. So good. Thank you. Love that. All right. Well, this is Terry Williams. Terry, same as Pastor Sheila, she serves on our church leadership team as well. And a lot of what you see here is Terry, and what you hear here is Terry, because she oversees worship, creative arts, and the atmosphere of the church. So, Tear Bear. Just got to get your notes together here. I think I know they're in here. I'm sorry. Oh, that's all right. I tore them out so that I could find them. <laughs> so we got the Christian... Oh, I found them. All right. We got the Christian killer of unthankfulness and the words of your mouth. We just talked about fear and worry. And Terry is here with... Wow. Uh, yeah, fences. Yeah. <laughs> I had actually I had to I had to uh, on planning centers this program that we use at the church and I had to plunk our songs into there and we always um we always do what the series is called and then we say who's leading so it was called Christian Killers and it was Terry leading. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I was like, oh, anyways, okay. So a couple weeks ago, you guys are a tough crowd. Um, a couple a couple of weeks ago, we went to uh, a meeting. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but it was for the leaders of our church. And I mean, everybody gets different things out of a meeting, but um, this one I'll just never forget because it was so extremely real to me. Um, and it was, um, it was about offenses. And the scripture that he, that he, the speaker just opened up with, I don't even know if he actually opened up with a, a scripture, but he was just saying how important it was to not live offended. And, um, and I believe he gave the scripture, but I know that this is the scripture I went home with, was, um, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, choose life. And it's a multiple choice question that just seems so easy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it just seems so easy, like, no problem, check. <laughs> and, uh, like, why isn't it, though? Like, yeah. like, why have I chosen death so many times? <laughs> like, over and over and over again. And I don't mean, like, literally death, but I mean snares that lead to those to those things and so he talked about um i'm just going to get this he just talked about how offenses come and typically at the church i'm really good tell me when i'm at three minutes okay uh typically i'm at the at the church i'm really good i i don't really get offended easily i usually just feel sorry for people and just think oh well they'll get it it's not my fault that they're like that and um I, it's really, it, does, it, it doesn't really hurt my feelings that much. It's like, oh, you know, it's like they didn't know that they shouldn't say that to me. That that could, there was one time that I was really offended, but it passed. But, but then, but then, 
But then I go home. <laughs> then I go home. And I walk in with my head pretty, you know, I'm and deservedly well big, you know. And I don't know, my husband, he's just anointed to get onto my nerves. He just has, it's like he's gifted. <laughs> and so he'll, he'll say something and, and it's so wrong. And then I'll be like, I won't, I won't bite the first time. Like that hook has to go past a few times before I'll bite. But then I do, I always bite and he knows it. But, um, but he's so good to me. Um, I just, there's just, there's just some things that'll, that'll get you. So anyways, um, this speaker, he was just saying how, if I told you this was poison, would you drink it? And of course, everybody would say no, right? But why is it so hard to choose not to drink it sometimes? <laughs> and so he was just saying um, that when someone says something about another person, or when something happens at church, or when something happens at your job, and you literally, like you have a chance to have a little bit of poison. And like, and what was so interesting, he says, he says, your cup could be getting filled a little bit all day long. And having the thought isn't so horrible, it's when you decide to drink it. And he kept saying, don't drink the poison. Don't drink the poison. And you know, someone says something, somebody does something, somebody stole your parking spot. I mean, it can be little things, it can be really big things, but they're tests. And uh, he's like, and, and then, you know, he just said, he said, you can actually leave and that poison will follow you around. He'll be just like, yeah, you want some poison? Yeah, you want some poison? You know, and it's, and it's like, I chose coffee because that's like my favorite poison. <laughs> but but um, he, that, and it just stuck with me so heavy what he said. And so I was like, oh, bless God, I'm not drinking the poison. And I, I, was, I told everybody, I was like, hey, did you guys have the best message ever? Oh, it was so good. Went home. I literally lasted two days. My husband did something. I was so upset. I was so upset. And this was the difference is I felt justified. I, just like you said, I felt so justified. And I even did a survey. Like, what would you think? <laughs> okay, like Christians, non-Christians. I was like, hey, and I had everybody on my side. And I was like, yep, mm -hmm, I knew that. I knew that, that I was justified in this, which gave strength to the, the offense. And I drank it, I mean, I mainlined it. I drank it hook, line, and sinker. I drank all the poison. And, and, I, and it felt so good until the hangover two days later, next day. And Pastor Joel called me, and he said, um, he's, how much time have I got? Okay. He just said, hey, how you, Terry, how you doing? He knew, I was going, he knew I was going through a rough time with some things. And I said, oh, I'm good. And then he goes, are you really? And I was like, well, there's a few things that are bothering me a little bit. <laughs> he goes, like, what? And then I blurted out. And he had no, I hadn't talked to anybody, but I was like, Mr. Joel, I drank the poison. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> and I drank the poison. And I just, with blah, blah, blah. And so I, I was like, God. So then I went through another test, right? I actually went through a literal test, a real test, a real exam. And halfway through the exam, I felt myself failing. I literally felt like I was going to fail the exam. Like I'm talking a real exam right now. And, uh, <laughs> and I was like, God, I'm so sorry. God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I forgive my husband. I'm so sorry. And then I realized I was only saying sorry because I wanted to pass the test so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, oh, Lord, you know my motive. You know I'm not even sorry. And I'm not really sorry, but I want to be sorry. I really want to be sorry. Please help me to be sorry. And so I did pass that exam, right? And then went home and lasted another three days. And the next blow came. 
And you know, I'm telling you, I learned so much from this because it says choose. Why did it tell you to choose? Because it's bloody hard to choose when it's, when, when it's not fun to choose. Like it's so simple. Choose, choose not to be offended. Choose not, choose not. Why did he have to tell you the answer when you knew the answer? Because when you're in the heat of the moment, when you're in the heat of it, you have to have somebody saying, choose right. And you're like, mm-mm, mm-mm. I wanted to choose right. It felt good to choose wrong. It felt good. It felt good to be right. It felt good to be justified. I knew, like um, you were saying, I knew, I knew everybody would agree with me. But you know, the most important thing is, is that I felt it hinder my walk with the Lord. And I went to pick songs for praise and worship. I can sit down at the piano and stuff will just, oh, I just, you know what? Offense is like a blood clot. It'll float through the body and it stops the flow. Offenses just, they'll stop. And we need God to speak to us. I can't afford to have a line clogged. I can't afford it. I, I have to have open communication. And that is the reason that that was such a huge learning um, example to me. How much, I, how I got? Okay, because, um, I can use shoes extra minute. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Um, uh, because, <laughs> because it's so vitally important that we hear God, but also um, there's people around us that need to hear Jesus. They need to hear what we have to say. And when we, we, we do things like that, they're so sneaky. Like when I think of a, a small test, you know those little IQ tests you can do to win a prize? Two plus two is four, and then take away five, and add seven, and then multiply by two, hand in your answer, and you might win. But what, what, you know the real exams? Like the real exams, like what a, what a medical doctor would have to take, to take the bar exam, right? Those are tests. Those are tests. And I'll tell you, when you're in the middle of a big test like that, it feels like you're going to fail. Like it, it, it doesn't, I remember going back to writing that exam, and I thought, I'm dying. Like I'm not going to pass this test. And, I, and then later on, it, when it was over, it was just like, oh, thank you, Lord, I passed it. I'm talking about the real exam that was at Redder College. But I, I thought about that when we pass tests, you know? We pass big, when, when there's big tests, little tests, oh, yeah, good job. Big tests produce big results. Those are big things in our life that help us get to the next level. And when I was doing, oh, that's me. So, Yeah. I wanted to say, I, did I say we win or lose by the way we choose? Okay, so that's what came to me after that. Like choose, choose life, choose life, choose life. Sounds so simple, but we win or lose by the way we choose. And I've tried, I mean, I don't, I'm, I mess up quite a bit, but, um, but, but I choose not to stay there and I choose to pass the mic. It's awesome. You know, offense is mega right now and, well, always probably in the body of Christ because of what Terry and and Donovan both said is that often we can say, well, I'm right in this, and you can find people to agree with you. But Christianity is completely, goes cross-cultural, right? Jesus came and he said, love your enemies, not, yeah, you're justified in being annoyed at your enemies or, or being angry at them or lashing out at them, right? So that's why we're even talking about some of this stuff is because 
we are called to live by a completely different standard. And I like that Terry said, you can't afford to be offended as Christians. The day we live in, man, we need God's power flowing through us. We can't afford to have that blockage, right? So I'm glad that you shared on that after you're going to lay hands on people that want to be free from offense. It's so, good. All right. This is Colton Dunn, um, husband of Aaron Dunn. Um, and we are so glad to have you with us, Colton. Colton came to us um, through marriage. We inherited him at Impact Life Church because um, Aaron grew up here. And we were just thrilled when Colton became a part of the family. You've been a big deal to us here. You've served as our youth leader. And now you guys, well, you can tell the congregation what you guys are up to now. But we love you. And you can introduce yourself. And then I will start your time. Um, I'm just here because they said I get free pulled pork nachos if I do this. So, um, yeah, I'm Colton. I, um, me and Aaron, we are missionaries to Sylvan Lake. Um, I, I uh, left the oil field uh, three years ago to, to do youth ministry. And people are like, whoa, that's a big change. It's not. I, I was a shop foreman at an oil field company. I went from telling old people what to do to telling kids what to do. And the language is the same. So, um, so that's a bit about me. Um, I'm going to share on uh, unforgiveness. Um, so uh, this actually mar May marks the two-year anniversary of, some, of when I experienced unforgiveness. <laughs> um, um, so two years ago. Actually, let me start out this way. Um, by show of hands, who here has had property stolen from them? Lots. By show of hands, who here has caught that person stealing with your own hands? Few. By show <laughs> the cop. The cop. By show of hands, who has been charged for catching that person after they stole your property? Just me. Um, <laughs> um, I say it that way because I wanted to actually like uh, provoke some feelings uh, in you, and maybe um, so. So here, so here's the quick story. My street bike was stolen from me two years ago, and the guy drove by me and Aaron on the highway, and I went, "That's my bike," and I chased him. Um, to the point where he tried to jump a curb and he went in the grass and he slipped out and he fell and wrecked my bike and I pulled up beside him and said, that's my bike. Um, <laughs> and, and then from there, we went to court and all his charges were dropped and I got fined $2,000 and my license taken away for a month. I say that again, not for you to pity me. I say it because I, it, I feel like it invokes some feelings of like, wow, you were mistreated, you were in the right, and it's not your fault. And I actually don't want that. That's not what I'm looking for. Um, I'm going to rewind the story now. So the night that he stole my bike and he crashed it, um, I yelled at the guy for like 10 minutes until Aaron, the second Holy Spirit, put her hand on my shoulder. <laughs> and she said, I think he gets it now. Um, and so I took a deep breath, and then we were actually able in that moment to minister the gospel to this, this young man, 19 years old, and, and share about Jesus and who he is and what he's done in our lives. 
And the night went on, and I was still really upset. My dream bike was smashed up, and um, I was in unforgiveness. We chose to pray for that guy, and um, we, um, I had to work at unforgiveness. I had to choose to forgive this kid. And that was not easy, and we chose to pray for him. And the crazy thing is, fast forward a week from when he stole my bike, uh, Mother's Day service, and he is sitting beside me in church with his mom. Um, he came to church with me and Aaron, and um, on that day, received Christ, and his mom rededicated um, her life. Um, I was still pissed. <laughs> no, it was, um, so I had to choose forgiveness, and then I went to his court date, and... He, um, his, I, I kept telling him, like, man, God is so good, and he forgives you for what you've done, and he loves you, and he's going to prove it to you in this court date, and all his charges get dropped, and so, of course, he's like, whoa, this is amazing, yeah, God is good. <laughs> I go to my court date, and they tell me, well, Mr. Dunn, you're a vigilante, and we can't have that in our town, here's a fine of $2,000, and your license is now taken away. Um, so again, I had the choice to choose unforgiveness um, or forgiveness. And actually, it was harder to choose forgiveness towards the court system and the officer than it was towards the kid who stole my bike. Um, street bike, like not pedal bike. Um, <laughs> I wouldn't care. <laughs> pedal bike. Um, um, and so I guess um, what I want to what what I want to leave you with, and, and why I share this, is um, because uh, we could all say I would I would bet to say everyone in this room has unforgiveness or has experienced it at one point, whether it be physically, emotionally, spiritually, spiritually offense, emotionally, um, someone's hurt you, um, uh, physically, someone's taken something from you. Um, and in that moment, I remember the night he stole my bike, the next day God said something to me. How much will it cost you to see this kid enter my kingdom? And apparently it cost me a $2,000 fine, a smashed up bike, and uh, my license was gone. Um, that's what it cost. Um, would, if I could do it differently, would I? Yes, I would, because I didn't want to pay $2,000 towards something like that. Um, but was it worth it? Yes. Um, so what I want to leave you guys with is there's probably people in this room that have unforgiveness, and I'm not here to say you're wrong in the way you feel. Some of you are. But <laughs> there is some of you that have a very legit reason, and I'm not here to say that you shouldn't feel this way. I am here to, to make you rethink it a little bit differently maybe. And what I deserved, he didn't give me. I, I deserved punishment, and he gave me grace. That was the Father. And so all of us have probably sat here and read this and quote this verse in Matthew, and it says, And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who trespass against us. Have you ever lived that out? Have you ever took that verse seriously? Because 
when I actually chose to forgive that kid, um, we're still seeing the actual, the ripple effects of that because his mom rededicated his life. Her mom brought her husband. They brought their kids. They brought their, their kids' friends. They brought their friends they work with. She's still coming to the church and bringing random people with her. We're still seeing the ripple effects of choosing forgiveness over holding on to unforgiveness and saying, woe is me. Um, so, so in your life right now where there is unforgiveness, I'm not here to say stop feeling that way, but I'm here to ask you, what if you chose a different way? Do you not only forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us? I don't know what I'll see in heaven for that, but I know what I've seen on earth from it, and it's been massive. Um, and so I just challenge you guys. Um, yeah, God's forgiven you much, so forgive others much. So good, Colton. I really appreciate that. That was wonderful and funny. All right. Next we have Julian Price. Uh, Julian, maybe uh, tell us who you are and your family and how you got to Impact Life Church. Well, um, yeah, my name's Julian, and my wife is over there, my son, my daughter's downstairs. We've been attending the church for probably about a year, um, maybe a bit longer, according to that reaction from over there on the right. Um, but yeah, I think we uh, decided just to check out Impact, and we just really loved the culture, and just we really loved sort of the vibe of the church. And uh, so we decided to call it home. And uh, so we're just really grateful to be here. And I guess that's probably about that's it for now. And we're glad to have the prices. Um, also, Julian didn't mention you come from um, a large ministry background. You guys have been ministering different parts of Alberta and also overseas, right, in England? Yeah, actually, um, as Donovan had said, I'm also Pentecostal. Um, so that's kind of my heritage, I would say, and it's been a, it's been a great heritage. Um, I grew up in a Christian family as well. However, for kind of my teenage years, I fell away from the Lord, and then at about 24-ish, somewhere around there, I rededicated my heart to the Lord and really made um, my parents' faith. I guess I kind of followed after my parents' faith, and at some point I needed to make it my own, and so that's <clears throat> what I did. And, uh, and then from there, I just really felt a call of God on my life. And so um, we decided to go into full-time ministry. And that led us to England about five years ago. And, that's, and then we moved back here almost two years ago now. And that's kind of where I can start my story, pretty much. Um, but I did appreciate, you know, Pastor Sheila, you said today about uh, Lawrence just relaxed in bed and just not worried. And I think Kyla and I have had that same situation where she's been a bit concerned and I've been like, oh, it's going to be okay. It was sort of funny. And then when you um, had said, uh, Terry, about Pastor Joel asking you what was going on and no, oh, nothing, no, oh, nothing. And Kyla says that to me all the time. And, uh, and I finally, I'll be like, well, if there was something, it's this. And that's kind of <laughs> how it typically goes down. And I found it very entertaining that, you know, how God works in mysterious ways. I mean, I would not recommend chasing the guy down. Um, and yet God, God totally used that. And that's pretty cool. So anyways, we're, yeah, we're talking about Christian killers. And uh, so 
five years ago, my family and I moved to England, and uh, we we had always had this dream in our hearts to go there and uh, and do something. And and long story short, a, a ministry opportunity came up for us, and so we decided to go over and help a friend pastor uh, a second church. And uh, it was a really it was a hurting church, and really. Um, there had been lots of ups and downs, and at this point in the game, it was kind of in a down, and so we were hoping to come and basically just help out this struggling church. And for a f- I think Kyla would tell one story, I tell a different story. I think as for a family, for our family, it was a, an incredible experience to, to go overseas and to experience life outside of Alberta, outside of Canada. It was amazing. No regrets. We'd do it again in a heartbeat. But I think... You know, we went there with great anticipation. We, um, we, we really believed that, not because of us, but that we were going to arrive and we were going to see this church turn around. That was really, at the end of the day, what we truly, truly hoped was going to happen. And I think throughout the time that we were there, we saw, we saw some little victories along the way, but we just didn't see what we had truly hoped to see. And, uh, Tonight, I'm just sharing with you about experiencing disappointments. And I think in life, we all experience disappointments. And I think we all experience things happen, and we hoped that they didn't work out the way they worked out. And uh, that was, for me, I think, in going to England. Again, for, as our family, it was an amazing experience. But when it came to the ministry side of things, it was really, really difficult. And... Uh, I won't go into all of the different ministries that we were a part of, but there were definitely things where, you know, we, we believed that this was the direction we were to go. There was certainly, uh, it wasn't just me and Kyla making a decision. There was a team involved and, and just it, like I say, there were some, vic- some small victories, but there seemed to be just some ongoing, you think you're just getting moving forward and then all of a sudden something would happen and, and it would just sort of fall flat. And that was really, really challenging for us. And I think for us, again, coming from a ministry side of things, we had poured our lives into this. We had uprooted our family. We decided this is, this is what we're, we're going to do. We, feel, we felt the Lord leading us in that direction. So we poured everything into this. And, uh, and yet at the, at the end of the day, it just wasn't working, so to speak. And that was really challenging for us. And... Uh, I think what really made it more challenging was that when we got back, we had, we had felt that it was time to move back uh, for various reasons that I can't get into, but we, we felt it was time to come back, and so we came back, and then it wasn't much, you know, after we returned that we ended up finding out that they did decide to close the doors, and, and no longer were they going to be ministering in the city that we were ministering in. And, uh, and that, that really, I think, really broke us. Because again, we had we poured everything into this, and we wanted a different outcome. And at the end of the day, that wasn't what happened. And so, you know, at first I was frustrated, but then when I got that news, I was just straight up disappointed. Just that was just the bottom line. And so we're talking about Christian killers, and uh, I've just found that disappointment can really derail your Christian walk. I know for me, I've, especially in the last couple of years, I've, you know, I've had, I, I don't know if I've struggled with it, but it's, there's been things of just doubt and trusting God and, and all of these things that kind of come along with that. 
you know, God, you called us there, so why didn't it look different at the end of the day? And so all of these things can derail us. And uh, so, as I said, it, it, it has affected my walk with God. And then ultimately, it's also affected how I live my walk, and especially in community. Um, you know, again, when we're called into ministry, and we're all called into ministry, some people get paid for it, some people don't. But when disappointment hits or when you're struggling with different things, it ultimately affects how you interact with other people. Yeah. And so we don't want anything to be hindering us from, from essentially letting people know about Jesus. And so, but ultimately it really was affecting how I was living my Christian walk. I wasn't doing anything blatantly bad, so to speak, but I definitely wasn't as vocal with my faith when I was frustrated with how the outcome was. And so for me, disappointment was following a dream, a call of God that, that was on our family. And for, for you, there, there may be some similarities in what I'm saying. Maybe you've been a part of ministries or something along those lines, and, and maybe it didn't work out as you, as you hoped. But ultimately, we all have experiences, and there's different outcomes and, uh, and disappointment is real for every single one of us. So there's varying degrees. I just wrote down a couple. Maybe you've lost a job or a dream God put on your heart and it didn't work out. A child or a loved one's walked away from God or you're believing for something. Maybe it's healing. Maybe it's breakthrough and you're not just seeing it yet. Maybe it's a marriage breakdown, a relationship. All of these things, maybe it's losing a loved one suddenly. Now, obviously, to title those, some of those as disappointments would be, would be an understatement. I mean, some of these things are huge, but for us, for me, this kind of following after a dream that God put on our hearts was really quite disappointing at the end of the day. But um, I just want to mention a couple of things that I think that really helped me in, in this. One of them was journeying with others. I think we talked about that. Blaine Bartel last weekend talked about journeying with, other, with others. We don't want to isolate ourselves. And, uh, and that's so easy to do when you're disappointed. The other one is let God know where you're at. Be honest with him, right? There's, I really think that there's a difference between asking God a question and questioning God. It's about just humbly coming to him. In Psalm 34, 17, it says, The righteous cry out and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their trouble. And another one was holding on to his word. And... Uh, and the reason why I thought about this one is it's amazing how you can be preaching the word every Sunday, every Saturday, whatever it might be, and then you have a hard time believing it for yourself. Yeah. You believe it for others, but you have a hard time believing it for yourself. And so Romans 8.28, it says, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. Another translation says, everything works together for the good of those who love God. And so I heard this from a podcast I've listened to for a number of years. Is, so if your situation isn't good at the moment, it's not going to stay that way. Sometimes we're in situations, if, you're, if you love God, then, and you're in a situation, whether it's disappointing or just whatever it might be that you're, you're struggling with, if 
he says it all works for the good. At the end, it works for the good. So if, you're, if it's not good right now, it's going to be good. And I believe that. I think the last thing I would just say is that, you know, the process in getting, you know, overcoming some of these obstacles may be messy. The process may be challenging to work through. But if you let God speak into your situation, he can turn things around. Amen. And I think for me and just this season of being disappointed God's been able to speak life into my into my heart and one of the things has been definitely embracing community definitely just being honest with God and then reading his word and believing it for myself mm-hmm. that's, good. Good. that's wonderful thank you so much to our entire panel you guys were amazing Love that. And you know what? Um, just want to say hi to the uh, over there to those that are tuning in online for tonight. Um, Pastor Joel just messaged me. He said, hi, everyone. I'm watching you say hi. So anyway, um, this is just the introduction. The whole month is going to be about Christian killers. So I'm excited. Tonight was just to help us really um, identify some of those sneaky ones that, that try and get in our hearts. And really all, all of this that we talked about tonight their heart things, right? And God is always after the heart. So I love that, Julian, that was good to close tonight with, that wherever you are at, even if you're dealing with one of these Christian killers and it's trying to take you out, be honest with God. You know, he, he, can, always, um, he can always work with you, but he can only reach you where you're at, not where you pretend to be, oh, right? So be honest with him tonight. Um, I encourage you, if you need prayer for any of the areas that were talked about, these guys will just mingle for just a few minutes at the end of the service. They'll mingle around up here. And I just encourage you, come and just grab them and say, hey, can, can you pray with me? Can we agree together on if it's one of these areas? So I want to thank you guys. If you live in the central Alberta region of Canada, we would love to have you come out and check out one of our weekend messages. For more info on all of our directions, service times, and children's programs, visit our website at impactlife.ca. That's impactlife.ca.